0: Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Can we
1: make this short? please, mm-hmm. so that I can finish The Killing, mm-hmm. that AMC series from 2010 that I'm so late on that it's embarrassing, but I can't stop watching it?
0: It's the fucking best. It's the DNA for Mayor of Easttown. Uh,
1: yo. Right? Wow.
0: Don't you think, kind of? Mm,
1: I, I mean, I think any murder show that's before another murder show <laughs> is the DNA for a murder show, but I hear you on the, um, the hard-nosed female lead who takes her work everywhere with her and becomes obsessed. I could see that. And
0: like the junior partner who's a guy who's kind of learning from her as he goes and is like kind of in love with her a little bit. You can tell, but it's like not a romantic relationship necessarily. And then the just like the kind of gritty reality of how they portray like the people whose lives are fucking undone by a horrible crime.
1: Yeah, and even the way it's shot between Mayor of East Town, I think, is Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and Seattle. You could fold that map in on itself and those towns are interchangeable.
0: They oh well I think in the in the sort of like in the mood, the gloom, the dark sort of but like the the very specifically like the that sort of like Seattle um the the water mm-hmm. that plays such a big part in the killing is very specifically to me a seattle thing
1: change that over for the woods and you got yourself <laughs> a thing i can't tell if you're agreeing with me or disagreeing with me because you say something like well not really but also I disagree, yes
0: i disagree like a like a, like i've been trained to disagree as a woman in society mike i make you feel like i'm agreeing with you but i'm actually totally disagreeing with you <laughs> we've been conditioned.
1: <laughs> is that why I feel so weird cuz I don't uh-huh. know if I'm, I'm on the same page I'm or not. I'm gaslighting totally. <laughs> This podcast is going to end in a murder and then I'm going to watch <laughs> The Killing and then turn myself in.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so good if uh, if anyone listening has not seen The Killing, I highly recommend It's currently on Hulu.
1: You do say something very affirmative. Uh, <laughs> this is not gaslighting. This is just a straight up. Okay. So the this what's the op, what's like this is a flamethrower. Okay. Not a gas light.
0: Oh, yes. But you
1: will say something that I completely agree with mm-hmm. and is an affirmative either opinion or statement. Ah. And then immediately add a comma and a butt to it and be like, or whatever, or not. It's all good. And that, yeah. sometimes it drives me fucking crazy because you're you what you said in the first half, it's like sending a text. And then sending another text that just says, or whatever. Like- Truly,
0: again, I think this is my conditioning as a, as a woman in society is to sort of state something that I I think or that I want or that I believe and then follow it up with a but whatever because um, that is just how we are taught to make people comfortable with our opinions. If it's okay that I have one because I don't want to have one if you don't want me to have one if that makes you uncomfortable. So I'm going to say my opinion, but then I'm going to say, but my opinion doesn't matter so that you're okay. Like it's just that weird, I actually saw a great, I wish I could remember who posted it, but she said, oh, just over here being a woman saying no worries if not for the rest of my life i can't remember right yeah that was but it was like everything can be stated and then followed up with an immediate like whatever yes yeah
1: oh man because i agree with you more times you're smarter than me in a lot of areas (laughs) and when you when you um when you say something like affirmative and i'm like damn that's a really good point and then and then there's like uh and then you like you, you, like, let me in instead of moving on, and it makes me feel weird because I'm like, I agree with you. What's going on yeah. in the second half of this Well, it's, it's
0: considered kind of, like, uh, unseemly to be very assertive, you yeah. know, as a I mean, at least it was. I think it's definitely changing. Thank fucking God, especially for Gen Z, fucking thank you for not taking that shit. Like, I... Love uh on F Boy Island, how the women at one point we were talking about F Boy Island last week. It's and the one best. of my favorite things about it was at one point one of the dudes tried to shut a conversation down. He was like, I don't wanna talk about this anymore. And Nakia, one of the three women, was like, Well, I'm talking about it. So, I'm I'm talking about this. So we are gonna talk about it. And I was like, Holy fuck, this yeah. is amazing because that's that's just that hasn't been the case like women haven't been allowed to express themselves and direct the conversation in a way without being labeled fucking anything crazy aggressive a bitch a fucking ball buster a what the fuck ever like look at all the way up to you know fucking hillary clinton and elizabeth warren who are just loathed i i truly believe just because they're strong women and also have questionable policies depending on your politics maybe and hillary's killed people no. She's hired <laughs>
1: hit people to kill people. Come on. I
0: don't, I don't want to go down that weird fucking rabbit hole. <laughs> but like, it's just, yeah, like there, there's definitely a lesson that you learn at some point in life. I think I learned it at home probably from my mom that there's, there's a way to be, and part of that being is have a belief and definitely state it and say what you think is true, but then make it okay if it's not.
1: Yeah, I, I hear you, <laughs> It's so crazy. Because the wild thing was when Nakia on FBoy Island said, well, I'm still talking about it. Right. It, imme- it, it immediately um, put him in this like, baby boy temper tantrum kind of point of view. Like it, he was yeah. framed as like, the guy was like, I don't wanna, and this like stern, opinionated, strong person just being like tough shit made him immediately look like an eight-year-old in my eyes. And it felt awesome. And if I was in his shoes, I would probably be like this fucking bitch. Like, I don't want to talk about this shit anymore. But that's only because... I was put on blast in a way that I'm not used to being put on blast. Oh,
0: I think you're doing yourself a huge disservice. You I do? think you're a very evolved person and that you would never behave like that. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so
1: much. Yeah. I, I was thinking about how I probably don't have an appendix. Like I was probably born without one because I'm a little bit more evolved than most of the rest of the human race. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you're just your body just knew what it didn't need before you were born and I you just so. came out that way? Yeah, I think so. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Perfect vision. Perfect right. hearing. No, no appendix, ego whatsoever. No ego yeah. <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs>
0: I take that back. You probably would be butter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I would. I'd be like super sensitive. I'd start running my hand over a cheese grater. Um, let me flip it on you though. Okay. When I come in hot mm-hmm. and I say something like it's fact,
0: mm-hmm. even
1: though I don't know what I'm talking about, like Hillary killed people. Like Hillary killed people. <laughs> I would, I believe it. Do I know it? We're not friends.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. Doesn't
1: that is is it's two sides of the same coin or no
0: right yes absolutely yeah yeah the male entitlement the like you know historically traditionally societally male entitlement the fucking patriarchy all of it is like if you if you believe something and you say it then that just makes it true and that's how a lot of men still operate because the society we live in is still dictated by those fucking rules and it is fucking changing as well because a lot of people like you and a lot of men are deciding like, maybe that doesn't work for us either. Like maybe that's unfair to us as well. Like the patriarchy sucks for dudes as much as it does for women. I think that's what a lot of people fail to recognize is that it's just like not healthy for anyone. Yeah. It's It's hard to grow. It's very hard to grow. And it's hard to be happy when, you know, you're not actually incorporating anyone else's worldview into your own to like have a, a bigger picture. Like that's a really cool feeling to like be a little uncomfortable and learn a bunch of shit and then be like whoa yeah. like it's like doing fucking psychedelics really learning learning <laughs> learning is an awesome that. drug <laughs>
1: The the uh, the, uh, the more you know rainbow, yeah. instead of the rainbow, it's just a fucking mushroom and some like trippy wavy colors coming through it that you know, says like learning is rad. Totally.
0: It's all part and parcel of the fucking why the war on drugs was basically fucking invented was to keep people down because they don't want you having knowledge. They don't want you to know about anything. They don't want you to read shit. They just want you to consume what they feel is safe for you. So there's no fucking revolution or anarchy. And you know, learning shit and and or taking, you know, your mind on a trip with uh, any of the substances that you and I enjoy so much is uh, it's fucking great. And it chooses, you know, it forces you to question authority. So. Including the patriarchy. Damn right. And yeah. you really
1: don't think Hillary Clinton hired
0: i hitmen? Love him after Hillary Clinton. That? Okay. I love Hillary Clinton unapologetically. I'm a member of Pantsuit Nation on Facebook. Fucking right. I'll say it fucking loud and proud. Hell yes. Yep.
1: <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> well, on that, a very equal. What up, Mary J?
0: <laughs> How's it going, Mike? Fucking good. This is a hot one. <laughs> yeah. How are you? I'm. I'm. You know, like up and down, up and down. Real quick, this is a podcast uh, for everyone listening about cannabis. Comedy. Cooking. Culture. And calling shit out.
1: Yeah, and also... um collective (laughs) bargaining
0: and consciousness. consciousness. Did we say this is weed and grub? We are all over the place. We know it's weed and grub. This is weed and grub. We're weed and grub. Yeah. And I am um, up and down. Definitely. I'm feeling the spikes and the valleys of just where I'm at in life right now. You know, Um, a lot of people have reached out to uh, let me know about their own experiences with grief and, and losing a family member. And that's honestly been super helpful to hear from from so many wonderful people, some of whom I know and some I I don't, just saying things like, you know, there is no normal, it's a fucking roller coaster. One day you may feel you know like you're gonna be okay and then the next day it feels totally different. And and that's kind of what I'm going through right now. Uh, I would almost say that like
1: the killing should be required viewing for somebody like me who is in the position of just wanting to be there for you, whatever that looks like on a day-to-day level. And give you the space when you need the space to be like, "Yo, dude, not today, ain't having it." And other days where it's like, "Woohoo, whoop whoop!" Like the killing has this amazing portrayal of a family going through grief because mm-hmm. of their daughter, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's hitting all the things that I'm 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 trying to put into my own life um, mm. to be there for you because it's 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 hard when I'm close to the person going through it. Yes where if it's on my screen, and it's actors on a set doing their right. job, it, 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 I'm able to have, a, like, a, a thousand-yard stare at it and kind of absorb totally. it a bit more.
0: Totally. It's That's cool. So interesting. So, I mean, just to make it clear, The Killing is, like, a portrait of a family who's lost a daughter to a, a murder, which is very different from my experience right now. I mean, it's crazy that I've actually been through that experience in a different time of my life, but, um, but like, the portrait of grief and loss, I yeah, it's, you know, my sister... For anyone who's just joining us, my sister Caroline passed away uh, in July, and after a long fight with cancer, and um, it's all a new landscape, a crazy fucking time, and it's very helpful to have these stories out there to uh, start, you know, building that language that I'm starting to build with you. Like I'm starting to figure out a way to say to you on any given day, like the, the absolute reality and truth of, of what's up with me. And that's that's new and different and difficult. So I really appreciate that. Like, cool. you know, you watching something and feeling like it helps you relate. That's fucking cool.
1: Yeah, it is. It is fucking cool. Well, it's because I was raised in a family of, um, they wanted me to share, but I'm never going to fucking share. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you bury it. You talk about how good the microwave corn <laughs> is at the dinner table. Yeah. You ask for seconds on the... Chili Velveeta Frito Scoop dinner situation. Mary Jane, it's not about (laughs) come on. You make me hungry over here. I like that character. The the therapist who it's kind of really only focused on like what you're snacking on during therapy. So
0: what did the funeral buffet (laughs) offer? Do when they I, have pigs and blankets? It's really not a funeral buffet without pigs and blankets. Yeah.
1: And like, <laughs> did they have a place for the toothpicks? Yes. I'm trying to talk about my grief. And all you want to know is if there was a place for the toothpicks?
0: <laughs> Crippling grief. Crippling. But also, what were the snacks? Yeah. Cra- wait, did you say crapeling grief? <laughs> Sorry, what are you talking about? There was a crepe station? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I would like a crepe station at my funeral. Okay. <laughs> Just, you know, which I don't want to be a funeral. I do want to have a fucking party. More like a funeral, huh? When I, when I crap out. Yes. Ha. Yes. Ha. Ha. <laughs> ha. <laughs> yes. Um, have, please have a crepe station for me at my celebration. What's your
1: funeral okay. spread? Or not your funeral spread. What's your celebration spread?
0: My celebration spread. Okay. Um, when I go, uh, I need you to... Um, Make sure that everyone gets a joint, okay, and a glass of something, whatever their preferred beverage is to toast with, be okay. it kombucha or water. If you're a Californian living that California sober life, or some prosecco or some wine, or maybe a martini. Uh, so you've got weed, and you've got something to toast with, and that there's a crepe station, and I would also like some form of like um salty, sweet, maybe some fucking popcorn. Mm. Like you know, it's just weird to like. Really try to feed people. I feel like at a at a party like that because no one really wants to eat. But then everyone does fucking eat, don't everyone they? Everyone wants to eat. Yeah, people You've do want to eat. You've got to
1: do something with your mouth when yeah, it's sad. It's
0: true. Yeah, it's true. I don't know about the food situation so much. I do know that I want a lot of singing because singing helps people cry and grieve. And I really remember that when my grandmother passed away, I hadn't cried for whatever reason. Like I just, the tears hadn't come. And then I opened my mouth to sing at her funeral and it popped out of me like a fucking cork out of a champagne bottle and everything just came pouring out. And I realized how sad I was, but it hadn't happened until I could... Open my mouth and sing with other people singing.
1: To take that tangential but deep, Mm -hmm. uh, sound baths or any of those communal humming, yoga. Things. definitely don't
0: want that to be my celebration no
1: though. but like same idea maybe maybe like that that like oh that that mm-hmm. thing that's coming from inside oh, you
0: yes for sure I've, cool. I've cried my way through many a yoga class <laughs> because you do you really like the body keeps the score right there's that incredible book by the um oh i can't remember the author but alexis novak <laughs> yes our friend alexis wrote the body keeps the score <laughs> um it's a fucking great book and it you know, truly is that like trauma resides in your tissue. The issue is in the tissues. Mm. And so there are certain poses in yoga. Like there's one called the camel pose where you finish in Bikram in this crazy pose. You reach back and you grab your heels and your whole sternum is really, really open and it's pretty painful and it can actually be like overly emotional like it can feel a little dangerous yeah. like you're gonna your whole body's gonna crack open but Whoa. i've definitely sweated and cried my way through many a yoga class
1: so singing it the singing is a key at your celebration
0: i would like everyone to sing i want everyone to sing um uh what would i like everyone to sing the song that just popped into my head was that song that the who's sing in whoville when christmas comes
1: <laughs> that's so funny
0: just an entire congregation oh, singing oh, oh. <laughs> I would just, I would love it. Wait, in. wait, wait! Yeah,
1: because everyone has handed the lyrics right, so mm-hmm. that we can all join in together, and yeah. it just says "ha hoo, ha, ha, hoo,
0: hoo. Ha, way, ha, hoo, ha." And then it's like Christmas, Christmas, Christmas is here. <laughs>
1: Just the three X next to it. Yeah, so times funny. three. If everyone
0: could sing that. and uh, That'd be it. Yeah, booze, weed, crepe station, and some weird singing. And Whoville. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> How about you? What can I do for you at your, at your uh, celebration?
1: I still think it'd be very funny to be taxidermied mm-hmm. and just laid over the tusks of one of the elephants at the La Brea Tar Pits. <laughs> To me, that's so funny. Just a stiff me, you know. And then um everybody, it would be nice if everyone sang a little song. Yeah, you know. what do
0: you want to, what should I sing?
1: Uh Probably Amish Paradise
0: Oh, by okay. Weird Al. Great. That was
1: like my, my big, heavy Weird Al phase was when we, Amish Paradise came out.
0: So I don't know the words to Amish Paradise. I only know Gangsters Paradise, but I... I I imagine I know the tune. (laughs) Yeah, you'll (laughs) nail it. Everyone will nail it. Uh
1: Um, And so I'd like everyone to sing Amish Paradise, Mm -hmm. uh, Weed and Sips, for sure. Uh, I I think ice cream should be involved. Everyone should get a scoop of Ben and Jerry's. Nice. And then once all of the singing is done, just like tip me over the tusks into the tar pit and let me sink while everyone yells, Oh, no! And like kind of pretends like it was an accident, even though I won to To be uh, dunked into the to, to the tar yeah. as, as a final resting place.
0: That shit's going to be on TMZ.
1: How fun would it be? Okay,
0: I have an idea. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to dress. So if I'm going to get my hair blown out. I'm going to wear huge sunglasses. I'm going to be wearing a very cool black outfit, maybe a very long kind of like carry-on moss in the Matrix like trench coat. And I'm going to hire someone to hold me back. <laughs> and i'm going to make a whole fucking scene where i like try to throw myself into the tar pit. Of course i will have hired a very strong person who is physically capable of definitely holding me back and not allowing me to go into the tar pit. But i'll make a whole thing about it. It's going to be super dramatic. I'm going to cry. I'm going to gnash my teeth. I'm going to like wail and wrench at my hair as i'm sinking. As you're sinking into the tar pit. And i'm going to be screaming, "No, Mike, no!" What about the podcast? You're going to hire a hold me back actor? I'm going to hire a hold me back hold me back. <gasps> that's after, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and get someone fucking real big and strong.
1: Will you bow after the scene or will you just play it through? I
0: was thinking that I would like afterwards sort of take a bow and like let everyone know that it was definitely staged, but maybe I'm just going to let them think that that was uh, the depth of my fucking grief, which it actually would be. It would be terrible. So,
1: so that we can I put it in my will so that you can take a bow and be and be like <laughs> Everyone, you are a part of a moment that was yes. created upon this time. This was a
0: happening at Mike's Tar Pit fucking burial at Tar Pit, La Brea Tar Pit. That's so awesome. And
1: then, because then you can like... Point to the hold me back actor, mm-hmm. the hold me backer, yep. who will also take a bow and yep. you know, and
0: be like follow him on IG. Uh,
1: his name is uh, David Batista.
0: Yep. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder if he's available. Awesome.
1: Yeah, right. We can yeah. get him to do it. Definitely. I'd I also, think this oh, yeah. this could
0: be this could be a new like form of income. Would be like be a hold me back.
1: I love it. <laughs> also, it, uh, hold me backer, and I would I I would like um, a chunk of my like. You know, money that I die and don't have anywhere to go with it. I'd like it to be given to high profile cameos who say really nice, oh. insane, funny stories about me that are not true and are very far-fetched. But if
0: Ice-T is saying it, maybe there's a glimmer of truth to it. I would definitely get a cameo from Giuliani. You know he's on Cameo now. No, he's not. Rudy Giuliani is on fucking Cameo. I would definitely get him to say something crazy about you. Yeah, yeah. that would be so crazy. That would be fucking insane. Yes. <laughs> okay, so a portion of your estate. After who are you who are you leaving your stuff to? Am I getting everything?
1: Uh, what? Wow, (laughs) talk about. See, and now you didn't say or whatever. No, now there's a game. Like I'm
0: looking around. I see some stuff. I like. (laughs) I see some cool, cool weed stuff. I definitely, yeah, I will take possession of your stash for sure.
1: I would like, yeah, uh, this can all go to you. Um, I but I would like a blue light to be turned on in Uh my home okay, and for you to take a megaphone and say like, there's a blue light special on all of Glazer's stuff and it's all going to me or something like that. Like I'd like a little bit of fanfare around it.
0: Okay, for sure. Yeah. Um, If I go first, you're getting Bobo. Yeah. 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 Great, you, you know that already. I know that, that wasn't even a surprise. You're no. like, yeah, he's coming to live with me. Of course, he's he gonna is. live
1: to be 110.
0: He was, he's gonna outlive the entire fucking world. There's, there's no question in my mind that Bobo will be alive at the end.
1: When you took him to the vet and he got X-rays, wasn't it like a thousand cockroaches inside <laughs> of a cat skin?
0: Yeah, basically. Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. He's like the, he's the um, Men in Black, Vincent D'Onofrio of the yes. cat world. Yeah, you know? got it.
0: Definitely. That's why Archie's so afraid of him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Poor little moo. What else is popping, Mary Jane?
0: Well, I mean, what a week we had. That's why this is a moose, because we had so much to fucking catch up on. And we have some fucking great guests lined up coming uh, in the next few weeks. So I'm just glad to have a chance to rap with you about all the stuff that we just did this week. Yeah,
1: we just landed back here in L.A. from New York and D.C. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing time. Made some new friends. Learned a lot about the East Coast weed scene.
0: Yes.
1: Very thankful to feel like I'm getting a grip on both coasts and understanding, like, where cannabis
0: is at. That's the fucking craziest thing. It's state by state, obviously, as everyone knows. And so state laws vary so crazy widely. Like, we, could, you can now—the laws that govern cannabis consumption in New York are the same that govern tobacco consumption. Meaning you can smoke weed anywhere you can smoke a cigarette— so what a fucking amazing feeling it was to like get some weed and just walk down a street in Williamsburg smoking a joint with you.
1: It was a first for me. Yeah. I'd never done that before and <laughs> can't wait to do it again.
0: It was amazing. And then to go to D.C. and we went to the National Cannabis Fest, which yeah. is an all-day extravaganza. Wait, and was I'm awesome. interrupting. What?
1: Can we do a table of contents sure. for this for this part so that we don't yes. like weave... Nine different things under one umbrella. I'm
0: all over the map. Lead, please.
1: Uh, So let's start with where were we first?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Now talk about the dynamic between men and women is that you want to direct it all. And then you immediately (laughs) set me up to do all the fucking work. Jesus fucking Christ. This is why, fucking sidebar, I'm not talking about New York or DC right now at all. This is why all of the greatest fucking production staff that I have ever worked with are all women. Mm-hmm. Elise McDonough at High Times, Mary McAvoy at High Times, Samin Ahmad at High Times, all these fucking Liz Craighead at Live Nation. Shout out all these tough women who know exactly how to get everything done with a minimum amount of bullshit and the minimum amount of like fucking, you know, having to like talk about anything. They like just do shit and it's like all of these guys around them who stand around and like try and take credit. I don't even know. Yep. Not to say that that's what you were just doing, but I just, yep. I do think it's very But I just funny said, like, like, we need
1: to do this, so go do all of it. <laughs> that's what just happened. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves.
0: I do um, appreciate you actually just firmly stating, though, like, okay, slow your roll. We need to like go through this from starting at the beginning. So, yes, I will cede the space to you to talk about. New York. Can you start us off?
1: So we landed in uh, D.C.
0: New York. Oh, we landed in New (laughs) York. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Okay. I got to New York first. I'll start. I got to New York first. I spent um, a, a night and a day seeing some really good friends. I saw my dear friend Raya and I saw my friend Meg so nice to reconnect. I mean, goddamn, this pandemic has been a long-ass fucking pandemic. Still not over. I know. Still going, still going. So it was really wonderful to safely see a couple of friends who I really fucking needed a hug from. And it was just perfect. Um, and then you showed up. Mm-hmm. And we stayed in this kind of amazing place on the Bowery called Citizen M, which fucking is... I highly recommend for anyone who's going to New York looking for like kind of budget accommodations, but like in the heart of the city. It was like kind of cool it felt like a like a futuristic hostel a little bit
1: yeah like the gray goose of hostel. yeah right? yeah. like
0: everything was kind of like small and budget but then it was also kind of like nice and new and like the view was tech. incredible
1: and it was in a place of town where you could walk to chinatown you could walk to italy town you could walk over <laughs> this really cool bridge into another part of new york yeah yeah, it was cool
0: and we did all these things yeah italy town um Well, the first night it was fucking awesome because you showed up and we were like, okay, we're on Weight Watchers. We're getting our fucking steps in so that we can like hang out and eat shit this week (laughs) because we're going to be smoking Halloween and doing fun stuff.
1: Yeah, and I don't have like all my gross vegetable recipes that I (laughs) will get into a little bit later in this episode while I'm out of town. So I don't want to gain weight. But I don't want to I don't have any expectations to lose weight this week either.
0: Right. And um, yeah, it was just awesome because, you know, New York fills me up so much. It's like just it puts gas in my tank, like hitting the street and just, you know, first off, just being on the subway and being up close. Like I realized how much story I I miss stories in L.A. because you don't get to be around people very much here. It's a very isolating city even pre-pandemic it was like you know you just don't brush up against people the same way you do in New York and that just fills me up like being on the subway with a bunch of strangers and just guessing at their stories in fact on the plane on the way out I sat next to a woman who I like I could write an entire fucking essay about what I gleaned from just sitting next to this woman on the plane I fucking love it and it just fills me up so like hitting the streets Walking over the Williamsburg Bridge with you into Brooklyn where we went to this gifted BK which is a gallery space that gifts cannabis in return for like you buy a piece of art. And um, that's where we bought our joint and then we walked through Williamsburg and like smoked weed and it was so fucking nice. On the street. On the street.
1: So for everyone who doesn't know what the scoop is in NYC and also D.C., you go into a gray market. It, would you say it's gray?
0: Well, it's, so they've legally, so cannabis is legal for possession and consumption, but not for sale. Okay. So the only way that you can exchange cannabis is through gifting, which is what they do in DC and now they're starting to do it places in New York, meaning I can buy this hat and then you also gift me. I don't like the word gift as a verb and I'm registering my dislike of it right now, one time. Okay. <laughs> They, and you can be gifted a pre roll or an eighth or whatever. It so, is. does that
1: mean that the places that we went into, I don't even know if I can call them a dispensary or no, not? No, they're not. Because they're not. They're galleries. They're galleries. Mm-hmm. So, they're art galleries that gift you weed, yep. which I love. Yeah. But that also means that, um, like, these are brick and mortars that yeah. are kind of staying in the legal space and doing the best they can until ideally cannabis becomes for sale and then they've cemented themselves as a part of the community. They've shown that they play by the rules and then they can become a full-fledged whatever that is once for sale happens.
0: Sure. I mean, I don't know what the end game with these spaces are in New York so much, but I do like, so the um, uh, selling of cannabis and like the retail stores will actually open up in New York sometime fairly soon. Like that was part of the MRTA uh, legislation that was passed. But in D.C., where the gray market exists, it's, it's been there for, I think, six years now. Because even though DC voters legalized weed, Congress put the kibosh on allowing it for sale. So they still operate in that gray market, even though they've had legal weed in DC for years and years and years. Whereas in New York, I think shops are going to pop up under the new law in the next year or so. Wow. So we'll just have to see. We'll keep an eye on it. It's so crazy
1: because it's just like the big burger burst that was here in Los Angeles, where all of a sudden everyone's coming out with their own smash burgers and selling them out of their backyard to gain popularity. And then the next thing you know, a place called Burgers Never Say Die, which is the smash burger of smash burgers, has a line around the block Um, And traffic becoming a problem in this neighborhood. And then the cops shutting down burgers never say die until it got the investors and it got all of its T's crossed and its I's dotted and its J's uh, dotted and its Q's crossed and um, X's X'd to become a brick and mortar. And Mm. now it has a complete storefront that sells smash burgers, but Mm. it had to go through that like gray market burger selling to get to the point where now it's allowed to be a f- restaurant. Okay. Would you, I, like, I know it's not a one-to-one because weeds illegal and burgers aren't. I was going to say,
0: like, they didn't have to go that route. They right. just did. Nobody's
1: in <laughs> nobody's in jail for burgers. I'm aware that nobody is serving time over, um, like, I said medium rare and this is medium. I'm aware of that. Right. Um, but, but just the idea of small business right. kind of floating in that area of, Like, Mm. we're not full-fledged, but we're also not illegal necessarily until you can become, uh, I don't know, a part of the machine, but hopefully a well-respected, good part of the machine.
0: I guess. I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's interesting just to see these places because obviously the fucking legacy market has, you know is fucking enormous in New York. I mean, the amount of weed smoked in New York, it's got to be one of the top weed smoking cities on the fucking planet. And, you know, it's been thriving for decades. And so now that these places are opening up, it's interesting to see like, are people going to change their ways? Are they going to want to walk into an art gallery in order to be able to procure their weed? Or are they just going to stick with their guy? Right. Oh, that's such a good question. Are they just going to do what they've always done? I mean, I, I have a friend who makes homemade edibles and delivers them on a bicycle, shows up to your fucking house and, you know, bam kosher like gluten-free delicious potent mm-hmm. edibles you know delivered to you at your house by a very nice person so uh i don't know if people are going to want to change their ways i feel like possibly the people who are going to want to go to these places are people who are visiting new york from out of town or you know another country perhaps, and they're like, oh, we hear it's legal, where can I buy it? I don't have a guy because I don't live here. Yeah. That's going to be a large part of the trade, I think.
1: It made that it made that, that way for me because mm-hmm. when we went into that gallery and we did buy a gelato pre-roll in exchange for some art, mm-hmm. um... I, I had a, a nice relationship with the person who sold it to us. It mm-hmm. like felt good to be inside of a store. It felt amazing to walk out onto the street, pop that dude to spark it up and smoke with you while we walked to a restaurant for dinner. Yeah, All of that felt so special. The part that really tripped me up that I didn't expect was none of the um, cannabis mm-hmm. has labels on it that I... Recognized, and it took me. Right, it took you explaining to me why it doesn't say cookies on it. Why nothing says packs? Like what all of this is? Because it's not. It's
0: not green market. It's not you know legal cannabis for sale through cannabis retail shops. It's still legacy cannabis being sold or gifted rather through these channels. Yeah. So So it's still the same weed that was available on the legacy market, just now in a brick and mortar. interesting it's really interesting yeah and it was cool to see the labeling like it's really you know creative and fantastic that's something that I actually miss from the days of the legacy market like when I moved to LA there was still this sort of weird area where uh, pretty soon after I got here, they legalized it for adult use. But there was still this like amazing fucking world in which like so many brands had come up under Prop Two Fifteen, which had legalized it for medical consumption in nineteen ninety six. There'd been like twenty years of brands just like coming up with all the you know this like weed empanadas, weed mouthwash, weed, like whatever you can think of, you can put weed in it, and that just fucking died when the regulations crushed the industry starting in 2018, July 2018. It was like a cannabis extinction event. Mm. Um, So they can still be super fucking creative on the East Coast, right? So we're still like seeing the like fun artwork that's sort of like... You know, inspired by graffiti or whatever. Whereas here, they're much more sedate because they have to be in order to comply with regulations. They're not allowed to manufacture certain things because it might appeal to minors, and they the packaging is fucking crazy because of safety issues and all this stuff. And that's really like taking a lot of the fun out of weed and experiencing weed and all the wonderful ways that I got to like going to cannabis cups for years in like um, medical states where they weren't s- crushed out by this adult use regulation. So I don't know. I just thought it was really cool to see some of the artwork on the packaging of some of the different things we tried. Um, I, was, I thought it was great and I got super fucking stoned. I got super stoned yeah, too. It was great.
1: Yep. I, I also loved that we, um, we got in about 14,000 steps a day. Yes. So shout out to Weight Watchers. I broke even. I lost 0.3 pounds uh, during this trip. And I just want to take this part to talk about that as a break between New York and DC. Okay. Um, Because I was very nervous about how I was going to do on this trip because we're about two weeks. This is our third week into Weight Watchers. Um, We've got a bunch of cool stuff that we just signed to hopefully do some on camera blah 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 in the future and we'll see how it goes. So we're both trying to get as sexy as we can be. Mm -hmm. And boy oh boy, to Like go to New York and not eat a big New York bagel and a slice every goddamn day and instead go to Whole Foods and get hard-boiled eggs and walk 14,000 steps. It's fucking possible. You can do it. You can get in shape. This pandemic made me, you know not I sit I sit down and my t-shirt gets stuck under my gut Mm. and I'm over it and so even if you're out on the town and even if you're smoking weed and you got the munchies all day with a little bit of planning and a whole lot of gumption um, you can break even on a trip across the country and still feel good about yourself.
0: Fuck yes I fucking loved walking and walking and walking with you when we walked to Williamsburg and we ate a delicious dinner and then we're like well let's walk back Let's and walk we just back. walked back and yeah. i love new york for that so much being able to just walk back and forth across the williamsburg bridge or any of the fucking walking we did it was so great and i feel like we ate really fucking well and we'll get into some more of that in dc where we i fell off the wagon a
1: little bit well we both fell off the wagon. <laughs> that's why
0: i wanted to like
1: preface it with
0: We're doing great because the follow-up
1: is like some rock-bottom shit. Yeah, it
0: is definitely like drinking pints of melted ice cream rock-bottom shit for sure. Oh, man. But Which yeah, is also true. Let's just is. dive in. We Let's, both okay. drank
1: ice cream yeah. in D.C. Listen,
0: I don't know when the fucking seal got popped because then once it was off, it was just, oh, you know what it was? I know what it was. It was that party that we went to with Danko, Danny Danko. Shout out our friend, Danny Danko. so good to reconnect with him in New York for a night. And, um... We walked up to the bar, and I was just natural. I was like, I have to have a beer because I'm with Danko. Like, yeah. I've always had a beer with him at the cup and like smoked a joint and just had the fucking best time talking and laughing. And I ordered a beer, and I think that's what popped my seal. It was the first Mine beer too, I had. Mine too, because I had a whiskey. Mm-hmm. Because
1: there were so many people at that party mm-hmm. that um, I got filled up with other people's energy so quickly that usually like it takes drinking mm-hmm. for me to, to like pH balance my like energy. In, mm-hmm. in situations like that and like alcohol does the trick for me as uh-huh. soon as I had that whiskey yeah I was I was thinking about cookies yep. and ice cream mm-hmm. and what's the difference if we have a couple slices tonight it was over
0: <laughs> fuck
1: yeah man yeah. alcohol is a gateway alcohol. into yeah
0: to treating yourself badly yes like, truly truly like we've been smoking weed and living clean for weeks and then all of a sudden one drink and I'm like oh no <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so what should we, should we talk about? DC. Oh,
1: well, before we do, I did want to shout out um, a first of its kind experience that we had with Danko mm. because I don't even know what you would call that club,
0: uh, Aster Club. Aster Club, yeah, yeah,
1: it was amazing.
0: It's a cannabis social club,
1: okay. So, um, this ties into the news, too, correct? Yeah, it okay, does. Okay, so we'll bookend it with DC now. I'm back on track, okay. Uh, let's do Aster (laughs) into the news? Okay, sure. Is that possible? Sure, absolutely. Because Aster Club, I said speakeasy, and then that made me feel uncomfortable because I don't think that was an accurate description of this cannabis club. It's
0: a private cannabis social space meaning it's just a place that you can safely consume your weed. The model also exists. I mean, it's, it exists every, anywhere. It's just basically a safe space to hang out and smoke. But um, it's also in Barcelona, which has legalized cannabis for consumption and possession, but not for um, sale mm. and um, not public consumption. So you have to be in a private space. And a lot of people don't want to smoke in their home, so they go to these social clubs. And it was fucking awesome because it was like there were snacks there were a bunch of people hanging out. There was a cool dog.
1: Yep, a Um, bulldog named Potato Chip, I think. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I think that was the bulldog's name, Potato Chip. Yeah, and it was. It felt like um, like a sauna or a cigar club, yeah, or like that like dark watering hole that's open till four in the morning where you know the bartender, whatever it was, great hang. And to have that be like cannabis friendly, where it's like folks who love weed can talk about weed endlessly and share new smells with me, unbelievable.
0: It was so neat because um, Danko was like yeah come through like this is this really amazing club and when we pulled up of course he knows everyone and the owner I believe of the club or one of the people who's like one of the um, what do what you called the Emperor <laughs> yes the Emperor of the Sar? club. <laughs> Pulled out, so they just had this crazy uh, competition there called the Chem Comp, where they judged solely Chem Dog. Just that strain. And not not
1: mixes, right? Just pure chem. Just
0: pure chem. Yeah. From, I think, 21 entries from 21 different cultivators all brought their best of the best. And it was judged by people like Danko, you know, who there's nobody in the world who knows more about weed. And they hosted it at this club. So it's just like a really cool space for super fucking weed nerds. Hope Lord's... uh, Talking Terps um, figurines and stuff were there. I was like, oh, yeah, we're in the home of the the people who know. Well, check
1: out Astro Club, too, because on the flight back from Mm -hmm. D.C., I was catching up on my Complex Sneaker podcast. Yeah. And they're all based in New York. And even they were talking about some big name sneaker heads who go there, and they invited the whole Complex crew to come to Astro Club sometime and smoke. And uh, I don't think any of them are cannabis enthusiasts, but the fact that they were talking about it on Complex felt yeah. really cool because I was like, I was there, guys. <laughs> Maybe we should be friends and I should do sneaker shopping. <laughs>
0: like, I yeah. like the
1: Jordan 4s. Come yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. All the
0: cool people are connected <laughs> through fucking weed and sneakers. What totally. are you talking about? Weed, sneakers, and hip-hop. That's it. <laughs> Yo,
1: come on. New York. New York. <laughs> yes. Um, The other thing that I really loved about that club was there is a purity there that is missing for me here in LA Mm. because when they are geeking out about chem and only chem not different mixes not different hybrids not chem crossed with I don't know acid reflux is that a strain yet (laughs) um to to have pure chem and ex- celebrate it and yes. rank it and yes. have that happen in a place like New York. That yes. feels like a new birthplace for a new revolution in cannabis because it's so pure. And it's, it's pure meaning
0: a- it's lacking capitalism and corporate interests, yeah. right? Yeah, but yeah. it's still
1: held in such high regard, regardless of monetary value.
0: Absolutely. I loved that. Yeah. And it's also, you know, I, I, I truly believe that most of the people there have, um, uh, seen, you know the fucking horrors of the fucking you know war on drugs from a on a personal level. Like I just believe that anyone who belongs to that club really knows what's up, and they're not like some fucking VC hedge fund dude coming in to like just make a bundle. Like they all know what's happened, what's been going on, and the realities of you know how how we need to move forward in order to make weed e- equitable and fair and safe access for fucking everyone, not just for the wealthy. White men like uh, John Boehner, who we talk about here, on here all the time, who you know, the fat cats yep. who, are, who are profiting off legal marijuana while people are still forty thousand people are still in prison. So hell yeah. Um, I just yeah, I felt that like there was a heart and a soul and a and a chillness there that has uh, all the hallmarks of uh, underground weed and none of the fucking sort of trappings of the like corporate cannabis industry that I it just leaves me with a bad taste. Yeah it does you know
1: yeah does this tie into the news still
0: yeah I guess it does into okay. the news I mean there's also I was just thinking we haven't uh, talked about the story that um, I wrote for Rolling Stone which if oh. if anyone um, has a chance to check out I would love to hear people's thoughts there's a link in my bio on Instagram I'm at this is Mary Jane underscore and I just wrote a piece that dropped last week for Rolling Stone that I've been working on for a really long time that I'm proud of about corporate cannabis and just this <laughs> insane 164 million investment by a Russian oil into a legal weed business run by two young dudes here in California who just had no idea what they were doing and nobody knew anything about weed. And uh crashed and burned. Surprise, surprise.
1: Surprise, surprise. But so. it's uh, it's a really well written. Thanks. You worked so hard on that. Um, I did. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's a crazy tale.
0: It's a crazy, crazy story. And um, there are many threads to it. And it's in, it's a big story. So um, it was really cool to dive into the aspects of the sort of the, just the weed portion. But then there's like, yeah, there's so much more intrigue. Anyway, link in bio. Shall we get to the news? Link in show notes too. Oh, Lincoln show notes and in bio. Okay, cool
1: fucking congrats Mary Jane thank you that was Ugh. yeah
0: it was definitely like it, it definitely got my blood boiling when I was like this is what's so fucked up about corporate weed is that you know all of these sort of like bless you wealthy, Sorry to interrupt. no not not at all The um, that they're just like these you know fucking the privileged w- rich white dudes who sort of like fucking fly in from Russia or whatever and they're like, I'm just going to pour a bunch of money into this and and make a profit off of it when, you know, the people who have suffered and are still suffering are are not granted fucking fair access to start their own businesses and they're kept out by, you know, the entry level requirements to start a cannabis business just mean that, you know, you can't fucking do it unless you're already rich. So it just, it's crazy and it's very unfair. So, um, yeah, I was excited to write about that.
1: It's, everything and I don't know how else to describe it but it's like everything like I feel like everything that we stand for and everything that we tout on this podcast or whether we're trying to get into South by Southwest or whether three years ago when we started this thing our mission statement was to elevate the things we believe in Mm -hmm. and call out the things that we don't Mm -hmm. and I reading your article felt really really good because it's like yeah like it was a lot of that for me i was like whoa yeah right what thank like you. it was a lot of that
0: thank you it, it was also exciting for me to write because it's not an opinion piece it's a it's an investigative piece yeah. um and that is uh exciting to write you know it's not t- it's not hot takes big facts it's, it's yeah it's reported <laughs> uh, and i think that would get us to our news okay all right presented by ocb rolling papers the grublet gazette is thankful for your support. OCB Rolling Papers is the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918.
1: OCB offers a full line of plant Two puff papers made with sustainable fibers farmed from within a 500 km radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy.
0: In 2020, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling papers and cones. They are even burning no-tear, GMO-free, and vegan.
1: Not all rolling papers are created equal. OCB offers a premium smoking experience that we call Harmony on high.
0: Can you hear the angels? Yes. Ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers and sample the entire line of products. Plus visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. Love them. Love them. And if you don't know how to roll a joint, they have great cones that make you look like you know how to roll a joint. Which is equally as cool because <laughs> you still get to smoke it. <laughs> so our news story this week is coming to us from Chicago. It's Uh, In the Chicago Tribune, the headline is cannabis smoking lounges off to successful start in Illinois, 60 and 70 year old dudes walking in with their tie dye. These headlines nowadays are fucking crazy. I guess it's 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 like an SEO thing, maybe. I don't. Yeah, it it has to be SEO. Yeah. They're like, what
1: are the keywords? Well, who cares on grammar? We'll get there. (laughs) It's a crazy headline. But
0: yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. Basically, Illinois legalized cannabis smoking lounges with their uh, cannabis laws. And so now they are opening. Two have opened, more are planned across the state. The ones that are open right now are in DeKalb Mm -hmm. and Cessor, And plans are in the works to open locations in West Peoria and Carbondale. Yeah. I don't know where any of these places are.
1: It's okay, they're in Illinois.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't need to know every city everywhere.
0: So, uh, the the law in Illinois is uh, means that weed is illegal to smoke in public, like on the street or in parks or anything, and on private property where property owners prohibit it. So, like if you have a crappy landlord who says you can't smoke weed in your home, this is a great option for you. You can go to this legal cannabis lounge, legal for if you're 21 or older, and um, hang out with your friends and smoke weed. Uh, you know, like eat some popcorn and watch The Killing. Amazing. That might be too depressing when we're stuck. <laughs> Wait, are you guys already watching
1: it? Oh, start it over. I want to see the it's killer. A portrait
0: of a family in grief. It's so intense. <laughs> um, the story says in West Peoria, investors are hoping hoping to open hoping. They're hoping.
1: Yo, if we ever work for an advertising <laughs> firm, you better believe that's hoping is happening. Hopening.
0: Listen, sidebar. We just saw an ad for LensCrafters where the tagline was because sight. <laughs> And I know I was high, but it wasn't the weed. I swear to God that was it. It was lens crafters because sight fucking insane.
1: You hated it.
0: I I, like my eyes fell out. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't with this. I heard
1: all your teeth crack (laughs) like a Looney Tunes wolf.
0: (laughs) So in West Peoria, investors are opening a cannabis (laughs) lounge by late fall that's going to be called High Harbor, where organizers plan to offer comedy nights, music, educational and corporate events and yoga classes. You can go do comedy there. I would love to. Fucking A. I would go see you do comedy there.
1: I would love to see
0: that. that see be- you, see me. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. So, yeah, it's just good news coming out of Illinois. There are ways to safely open legal lounges to allow people to smoke their weed in peace. You know, if uh, any cities who are trying to ban weed are listening, like there, there are ways to do it where, you know, you don't necessarily need to allow people to smoke on the street if you're not comfortable with that, Mr. Mayor. But, you know, let them let them hang out in a social club. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Cool. Maybe they'll have a dog.
1: Yeah, they better. I feel like
0: every social club should have a dog, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. I I mean, like a bulldog is a perfect fit for a stone social club. That that is like the stoner of stone dogs. (laughs) Name a more perfect dog for weed than a bulldog.
0: They're the most perfect dog for weed.
1: I think so. The
0: Bulldog Cafe is one of the most famous coffee shops in Amsterdam.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. There's the proof.
0: It's perfect. I want to look at that weird little face. And most often they have that like one tooth that sticks out. Yes. You know, and they fart.
1: And they're the perfect amount of weight on your body when they push into you. Oh, yeah. And you can really, because they have that short hair, you can really get in the good scritches. Yeah. It's the perfect stone dog.
0: I feel like maybe they're kind of hypoallergenic, right? I hope so. Because they don't have like a lot of hair.
1: I hyper hope so. Yeah. I don't know.
0: (laughs) So anyway, that's it. Basically, If you have
1: a better stone dog, (laughs) write to us and maybe we'll mention it on the pod because I'd like to hear of a better. And if you say golden retriever, too much energy.
0: No. Yeah, it's a lot. I okay. will say I met once when I was at a bong hitters softball game. The bong hitters were the uh, high times softball uh, team, which was real fun. And we used to go play in Central Park. And there was a pug named Pickle that I met. Nope. At a bong hitters game.
1: Nope.
0: Pug, I, a listen. pug is
1: not better than... A pug is fine, but a pug is like Pick- a too short, mm. loud snort. Um, it's It's like too loose.
0: Oh, Pickle sat on my lap. <sighs> yep. Farted right into my, farted, farted right on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's I'm standing by the bulldog. All right. I'm, yeah. You can't tell right. me that a pug is better than a bulldog. If
0: you're opening a cannabis social club and you don't get a bulldog, Mike is going to have words with you. Deep
1: words. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, so, D.C.? D.C. D.C. Uh, I, I, I don't want to repeat Everything that happened, because that'll be like a whole lot of Wish You Were Here. Yeah. And nobody likes that Incubus song. They have better songs. Right. So let's maybe start with um, how amazing National Cannabis Festival was.
0: Fuck yes. God damn it was good to go to an event. It was really, really great to just be out and about with a bunch of people enjoying the fucking day. It was a crazy hot day, and um, there was amazing heat lightning the night before that was super trippy it was really fun to watch i miss those east coast storms yeah um i don't know what was your favorite part of the fest
1: the um
0: i mean i know what it was but leading up to
1: leading up to method man and red man yeah um i think really what it was for me was seeing a huge crazy cross of demographics age race types Mm -hmm all on that fairground at the exact same time and seeing a lot of booths like selling like bartering and being like come here and talking in that like one-to-one connection with your person who is like selling you edibles or makes really cool ashtrays like it, it felt like a hearkening back to um a time even before before the pandemic of sure of, of like just like grassroots humanity mm-hmm. and that really struck a beautiful chord with me because it it, it it allowed me to like love the human race a little bit more than I have in quite a while
0: awesome yeah. That's great. I, I had a great time walking around with you. I bought a bunch of stuff. Um, and we donated to get some edibles. Those, uh, were they gummy worms or bears? 15
1: milligram gummies.
0: So that they were taking donations for those. Those were fucking powerful. We also got a bunch of joints. And that was just nice to like, just smoke in a field while music plays. Like, yeah. it's the greatest thing. And
1: then two 50-year-old goats in the hip-hop scene. Oh, fucking yeah. Fucking crushed so hard that I felt crushed. like I was in a low ceiling basement in New York and I was seeing them on the come up.
0: Listen, those method man and red man move like 20 year olds, like all of their fucking energy, their bodies, the way they like jump up and down, like everything. I was like, I'm not looking at two 50 something dudes. Like these guys are like in it now as Perfectly and beautifully and amazingly as they ever fucking have. They
1: had choreographed dance moves together, like I was watching The Supremes or something. It was unbelievable. It
0: was fucking charming. And I gotta say, like, at one point they were like, so to all you rappers nowadays, like, where we come from when we came up, you had to be a fucking certified MC in order to, like, mean anything. Like, you couldn't just rap over your own fucking vocals. Like, you had to actually control the crowd as an MC. And we're gonna show you what that looks like. Look, I just got fucking chills. Yeah, you, oh my God, look at your skin. I know, I have goosebumps because of how fucking unbelievable it was. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: It didn't sound like two old heads talking about like the new kids not having it. They were like, TikTok, because you can rap 30 seconds over somebody else's beat and put your own spin on it doesn't mean you're a fucking MC. Yeah. Maybe you're okay at writing lyrics and you have a a, a curious um, delivery, Hmm. But that doesn't mean you can rock a fucking crowd.
0: Like, I, I gotta we saw Chance the Rapper at uh, Life is Beautiful a few years ago, and I was like, man, he is so incredible, and I fucking love his music, but it was really the, the difference between watching an amazing rapper and watching those guys be fucking MCs yeah. and control the crowd. They had us all doing everything that they wanted us to do.
1: <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Down to when they were like, I'll show you what a real MC does, and Method Man starts off slow with his verse mm-hmm. and builds and builds and builds until he's jumping up and down, ripping the end of his 16 bars apart and everybody subconsciously is jumping up and down with him because Mm -hmm. he got the fucking crowd to just lose it. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was
0: fucking amazing. Man, they're good. Um, My friend. Yeah. Archie Moo wants to be on the podcast. Hey, Archie. What's up, buddy? Um,
1: So shout out to them. Yes. I would watch them at a huge festival like Lava Palooza or Life is Beautiful oh my on stage God, please together. please
0: put those guys on stage everywhere. Have them fucking headline every event. Mm-hmm. It was the past hour. And shout out to Urban Aroma who uh, sponsored the VIP Cabanas where we ended up and they uh, are just fucking awesome and if you haven't checked them out they're at urbanaroma.com and they're opening up all across the East Coast and just doing really cool stuff and their whole team is amazing.
1: We posted a lot on our Instagram. Give them a follow. Check out their Instagram page and if you dig Urban Aroma give them a follow because they're going to be doing some really cool stuff, especially on the East Coast.
0: Yeah, check out our reel. We made a a little recap. You made one. Uh, Thanks, Mike. (laughs) Okay, so now for the the dark side of D.C. Yeah. Insomnia cookies.
1: (sighs) Jesus Christ. So we fell off the wagon.
0: Twice. Twice. (laughs) Twice. It's not even a wagon. So we lit the wagon on
1: fire. (laughs) we fell off it and then we got mad at the wagon and then we smashed it into bits lit it on fire and walked away oh man
0: oh man i don't even know how it started i just know i just know that we knew that there was an insomnia cookies around and we how did that start i think it was your fault
1: yeah it's my fault yeah because so there's an insomnia cookies in west hollywood where i live And I went on a big, fat walk. I hadn't had dinner. It was like a Saturday night. Um, All the bars had people spilling out of them, and there's an Insomnia Cookies open until four in the morning, right by all the bars in West Hollywood. So smart. And they have delicious, soft, chewy cookies with a crispy outside, and they have perfectly melted scoops of every flavor you could want for ice cream and... It's reasonably... I'm swallowing. It's like reasonably <laughs> priced for two fat cookies and three scoops of ice cream.
0: Yeah, it's not like salt and straw crazy <sighs> fucking prices at all.
1: And so when I heard there was one in D.C. very close to our hotel, yeah, um, I, I gently brought it up. You said yes, and it was...
0: And then I like did like some Magellan moves where I wasn't even looking at the map. I had like an internal GPS that led (laughs) us directly to the insomnia cookies. It was wild.
1: It was wild. You're like, how do
0: you know where it is? And I was like, I can fucking sense it. I just fucking know. And of course. Like if we were on a pirate
1: ship and we were looking for land, uh, we just have to hope that there's an insomnia cookies on the nearest piece (laughs) of land because you will get us there.
0: I will navigate us to that (laughs) insomnia cookies. Uh, Fucking. Christ, we got in there the first night, and we got something that I didn't even know existed. You were the one who ordered it. It's all your fault, Mike. What happened? What was that? It's thing? so
1: fucking good. What do you want from me? It's
0: a fucking. Deluxe. We put in
1: fourteen thousand steps. It's we're true. allowed to eat and drink.
0: It's true. It's <laughs> true. Yes, we felt we felt like we had earned it. We we truly did. The first night. I was introduced to this thing as basically two enormous fucking cookies with three scoops of ice cream, like a giant fucking ice cream sandwich. We were just talking about ice cream sandwiches last week. Yes. The perfect sandwich.
1: And we had the perfect sandwich because one of those cookies was a soft... Uh, chocolate chunk chip yep. and the other one was a salted caramel and the key to that salted caramel was some of the caramel drips out of the cookie and gets really crispy almost like cheese would do on a grilled cheese but this uh. is caramel so you had these crispy frayed webbings of caramel all around the cookie and then our three scoops uh birthday cake which yeah. you've never had
0: a birthday cake ice cream no you've never had birthday cake ice cream no it was insane <laughs> did
1: you like it or not I still can't I tell did
0: not like it but it was fucking interesting like it was definitely good high mm-hmm. I don't know if I would just order it on a regular day but the experience of eating it went super big do you like, like birthday like, cake mm, not that kind of like weird birthday cakey flavor well, although you know the um, milk bar birthday cake is like kind of the perfect cake so I guess I do yeah I'm not against it.
1: But you don't like birthday cake ice cream.
0: I don't know if I do. <laughs> I would have to try it again, I guess. I am uh reserving judgment. Okay. I, I don't want to say that I don't. Okay. Um but, but the I, other scoops were
1: cookie dough mm-hmm. and
0: mint chocolate chip. Mint
1: chocolate chip. Mm-hmm. Crazy combinations.
0: Fucking amazing combination. Mm-hmm. It had all melted by the time we got it back to uh, the hotel to and enjoy it. And it
1: spilled all over everything <laughs> because they put, they put. insomnia cookie, if one is in your town, they put the whole thing in like a tiny pizza box yeah. so that everything can lay flat and you carry it home. But it was like, you know, wet, hot in DC. <laughs> so by the end of it, we're like tilting a pizza box and we're drinking out of a pizza box like oh monsters. My
0: God. <laughs> so the, the, so the, the next night, the next night we went back. <laughs> After we'd had a burger, because we'd walked, I think, like 26,000 steps or something insane. Yeah. We were like, we deserve this. I'm going to have a burger and fries, and then I'm going to go to insomnia again. We did it right that time, though, because we got the ice cream separate from the cookies. But then the person who helped us was like, weren't you here last night? And we were like, "Uh Uh uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. And they scooped. The fucking ice cream, instead of just giving us three scoops because we'd asked for it to be separate so it wouldn't melt on the because we had learned on the way back to the hotel, we'd learned our lessons. We were like, we're, we're not going to pull the same move. So we're like, can we get the ice cream on the side? They filled up a pint container with this fucking so dangerous. ice cream combination, which we didn't do the birthday cake that night. We did cookies and cream, cookie dough, and mint chocolate chip. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it was half a pint of mint chocolate chip (laughs) followed by a quarter of a pint of cookie dough and a quarter of a pint of cookies and cream. Walked back perfectly. Um, I want to shout out to your ability to balance a pint of ice cream on your palm so that the heat of your hand holding it doesn't melt it to the point that it's soup. Thank you. Um, Very, very hard to do, especially when you're walking back to a hotel to balance a pint on your palm.
0: If there were Stoner Olympics, I think that should be a game. It would be. I would be really good at it.
1: And then you pour how much melt into you drink that you, and you get to drink that <laughs> and but that's also like the less melt the better you did in the stoner olympic game right right but yeah, then so you, you get have to, drink to measure
0: it. the melt you measure you pour, the melt pour off the melt to measure it yeah yeah, yeah.
1: you would have nailed it gold medal thank you um yeah
0: i felt good about it <laughs> but <laughs> i guess i guess we
1: like <laughs> didn't learn our lesson because we both woke up the next day and we're like I think I'm going to drink that. <laughs> and we just like each had a sip of ice cream to start the morning.
0: Yeah. Oh man. There was I had even saved a bite of cookie. I had <laughs> I had a I had a cookie and ice cream drink bite for breakfast. Um, and then when I weighed in for my Weight Watchers weigh in this week, I was horrified to see that I uh gone up instead of down um but then I did another way in today and I'm now a little more down so I feel like the steps are catching up with me I'm not sure what's going on but all I know is that we had a little um kind of party mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for ourselves because we were just enjoying fucking weed and being in DC and you know I'm not ashamed I'm not either I'm not ashamed
1: if there's any way to cut loose when you're in town to like do a job and celebrate, the East Coast cannabis scene, mm-hmm. it's to get super stoned and drink ice cream. To me, that's a perfect celebration. Yeah. So no shame in my cookie game.
0: No shame in the cookie game. You heard it from Mike Leezer. Come on. Come on. With
1: that, do you want to get to buds of the week?
0: Yeah, let's get to buds of the week.
1: Okay, first or second, Mary Jane.
0: I will go second.
1: My bud of the week this week is Top Tree. Follow them at Top Tree. Maybe you follow them already. Uh I'm working with them on my social media. I want to get my followers up so that I can sell more TV shows, go on more stand-up tours, um do everything that you have to do and why a social media following is important this day and age. And it is. And they said, I will help you with that because they're very good at it and they're very funny, kind folks. Mm-hmm. So follow Top Tree. And uh, really, they just make great content and they care so much and they love weed so much. They're just good folks.
0: That's fucking awesome. I love Top Tree and I love the stuff that you've been making with them. It's very funny. Thank if you, you haven't checked it out, go, go to Mike's, uh, what's your IG?
1: Uh, at Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo
0: very funny thank you um i am gonna say uh my butt of the week and then w- exactly why because he listened in last week and wanted to share his perfect pie cake in so jason horn who is at jason underscore horn underscore ct shared his perfect pie cake in as the bottom layer is a traditional red velvet cake made like a german chocolate cake but red Next layer is Junior's New York style cheesecake, light, not dense. Mm. Strawberry rhubarb pie, mm. layer of pound cake because you can't frost a pie, <laughs> pastry cream between all layers, and frosted with cream cheese frosting. Oh, that sounds so good. Holy mother. It fun. sounds so good because yeah. the
1: rhubarb is like tart and the red velvet has like that sweet
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I love a light cheesecake. Yeah. Wow, Jason. Can I also make in my bud? No. Okay. <laughs> that's a perfect pie cake. in.
0: Yes. Um, and also, I just wanted to share from a friend who wrote in to say um, <clears throat> that our, all of that talk about F Boy Island and Love Island last week, she wrote, Yo, Love Island is the bomb and helped me realize I needed a divorce. Whoa! <laughs> As the kids say, no cap. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, I'd love to share that with everyone um, and not necessarily say who you are. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh-
1: that's so cool. See Love Island and F Boy Island. All the island shows. There's there's something in it that's good and helpful and, and worth it.
0: They are casting for F Boy Island season two right now. So if you think you know someone who would make a good nice guy or an F Boy, uh, send them the casting notice because I'm going to watch that season two and I would love to see some people that we know on there.
1: Absolutely, and it's at F Boy Casting. So can't miss it easy to find yeah nice
0: Um, thanks everyone for hanging out with us during this loose moose we are excited to bring you some fun guests in the coming weeks and also continue to um, drop patreon episodes
1: I thought you were going to say patriarchy I thought you were going to say and also uh, drop the patriarchy flame the
0: fucking patriarchy and drop that fucking outdated system Uh, it doesn't work for anyone and uh, our patreon is at weed and grub Um, come join us there if you're interested in hearing more of us
1: yeah and the splainers and that the splainers. we're doing mary jane's doing a lot of deep dives into single topics right now and i'm learning so much from your splainin Thank so check you. that out on it's our patreon fun
0: yeah we did uh, endocannabinoid system and um decarbing and heat and uh what the fuck is delta 8 very cool and we'll see what's up this week yeah i haven't decided yet oh.
1: Come here. Mm. all
0: right you gotta go do comedy get yeah, out of here i do have
1: to go do comedy um I have a bunch of dates out of town coming up. Just check my Instagram for them. I'll be in St. Louis, I'll be in Vegas. Uh, I'm blanking because I gotta go do stand. I know
0: you have a show here with Ali Lou.
1: With Ali Lou, I'm also in San Diego coming up. Okay. Yeah. Bye everyone. Bye.